It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, Rory found himself in Vegas, and it's kind of funny because it's usually the other way around. It's October, and the golf world keeps giving us great stories to tell. Which brings me to our guest, Ryan Ballingy, owner of the Golf News Net, an impressive golf storytelling machine. Now, before we get to him, let's fire up the music. The countdown is complete as the rocket is ready to take off. Wade, give me the peppers. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to like of imitation. Distant cuts into the reservation. What an awesome Friday afternoon here, Mr. Wade Weezer. Afternoon, sir. How are you doing? I'm fine. Man, I jumped down the throat of that opening. I'm so excited for the show today. It has been a great week. Great week. I was driving over to the studio, and uh, as usual, I had uh, a little uh, Grateful Dead on and uh, a little Sirius XM. And uh, 10.31.71, a little St. Stephen was playing. And uh, one of my favorite all-time dead songs, uh, which is just a tremendous, tremendous tune. But, you know, one of the reasons I love that song is that it, it's very memorable, but it kind of builds to a crescendo the way that they play it live. And I feel like my week always kind of builds to a crescendo being with you because it's been a crazy, crazy wow. fun week. I love being part of a crescendo. You 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 make the crescendo every Friday. That's for that. sure. I mean, kind of literally because you play all the music and you you uh, expertly produce the show. Sure. sure As sure. always with tremendous a plum. a plum. Yes, that's for sure. But, you know, it's been a cool week. We started out a little stick and hack reacts on Monday. Had a cool show there. Got a great story about something that happened um, in the massive media world that it is, um, which includes our good friend J.R. Um, speaking of the massive media world. We have a cool guest today, Ryan Ballingy. I mentioned him in the opening right. is the owner of the Golf News Net. Now, Golf News Net is a online golf media megastore, if you want to call it okay. that. I mean, he's really not selling things. He, what he's he's telling stories about everything in golf. I, I think one of the cool things we're going to find about him is he takes great pride in telling stories about the LPGA and the APGA and the Corn Ferry Tour, and and he brings them brings you know all these stories in. It's not just PGA Tour and and who's winning and so on and, and so forth. Um, then on Tuesday, I did a cool thing for Stick and Hack. I did a live academy, so they've been doing live instruction. Think about golf and peloton if they were to cross okay right okay. <laughs> so I, i'm not screaming at you like like while you're on a bike or anything like that but <laughs> i'm i'm providing instruction and you could go to a class um via zoom in the privacy of your own home or or if you have your own golf studio or if you're on the range you could throw in some airpods and and listen through your phone but you can take a golf course what they like to call an academy for free so if you go check it out, stickandhack.com. And uh, really I did cool. one of those. I'm going to do one next week, too. They're only half an hour long. It's 25 minutes, five minutes of Q&A, but they're interactive. Yeah. So I'm there teaching. And then if somebody has a question, they raise their hand and there's an administrator there. And that person says, hey, Keith, um, would you clarify this? Or we got a question from the audience. And there was like, you know, it's like 100 people there. That's awesome. While I'm giving this class, which is kind of cool because I love to teach golf. I've probably done it for over 10,000 hours in my lifetime. So, um, you know, I... 
I check off the Gladwell box, I sure. guess, in a manner of speaking. Um, Wednesday, did a little interview for PGA.com. Uh, spoke to a PGA member named Jimmy Terry, and he runs all of their golf properties. And this is one of those audio articles I love to do once a month where we do like a 10-minute pod interview, and we pair it with a 1,000-word feature article. Okay. And no lie, man. I write this. This guy has such a great story in golf of all the things that he's built and developed. I, I coined him a developer in golf, right? Okay. I get done writing the article, and I kid you not, like I was a little choked up. Really? You know? And I'm not saying like, oh, I'm some great uh -huh. writer or something like that. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is that I really kind of, after talking to him and then editing the pod and everything and producing that and putting it all together and then writing, you know, a thousand words about this guy. I mean, it was really, really a neat story, you know, and golf has so many of these amazing stories. And I know I keep telling you in the audience and I keep giving you guys teasers that What's your job? that I'm well, I'm, I'm building a story of my own. And yesterday was a really cool day. We were up in New York City doing a photo shoot. I seen your at, face. You got a little sun yesterday. Yes, yes I um I was short on sunblock yesterday. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, all day. Um, big thanks to my buddy, John Muscari. Went up to Alpine Country Club, shot some shot some uh, footage there as well. I mean, we had we had drones in play and everything. It was just it was just an awesome, awesome day. Um, everyone knows I'm building this business in the background here around golf and uh, a little bit of gaming. Um, being from New Jersey, you know, it's the first state. Not only the first state, you know, for sportsbook gambling, uh -huh. but. You know, of course, the first state when it comes to month in and month out, you know, the till, the okay. handle. Sure. As sure. we like to sure. say in, in that our, our world, that's it? called, well, everyone calls it the handle. Uh, in September, it was a billion dollars. Is that right? Yes. Uh, that was with a B. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I, I got that. <laughs> so uh, I'm not necessarily onto something. I'm part of something. And uh, there's more to come on that. That's for sure. And uh, you know where there's also more to come on is that I love to talk about you know on a friday afternoon it's always a struggle because we're in the middle of the second round of all of these tournaments that we cover but everyone is over in the far east right now right so we've got the ladies in korea and we've got the men in japan so their second rounds are complete okay. so it's not just like we're given the first round and then i kind of can't really touch upon the second round because there's there's so much movement going on on the leaderboard but the ladies are playing over in Korea. It's like it's like Tuesday there, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to start with math again this week very quickly? <laughs> there's some sort of I ballparked it, but it's, there's some sort of time difference. Uh, you know, in the middle of the week, you know, because the guys were in Vegas last week and then they had to go straight from there to Japan. And the guy said, he goes, yeah, I left Vegas on Sunday and I got to Japan on Tuesday. And I was like, man, that must have been a long weekend in Vegas. <laughs> then I started thinking about it and I was like. Oh, actually, that's probably right. Absolutely. And how confusing that is for them, uh, you know? Man, man I'm telling you. <laughs> Have you ever messed with the dateline? Have you ever crossed the dateline? Yeah, I, I've traveled. Yeah, I've traveled uh, where it was crazy, for sure. So you went to Australia or well, Japan I, or China uh, or something? My honeymoon, uh, honeymoon went to Bora Bora. Okay, yeah, sure. All right. Yep. So I, when I left, you know, from, from Bora Bora, we left at like four in the afternoon on, I don't know, Sunday. But we, we got home. It was like almost Tuesday. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So those that are listening to us live, streaming to us in Japan, 
you know, following the PGA Tour, Korea, the LPGA Tour. It is what midday Saturday there or something like that. I don't know. I've never crossed the I date no line. No idea. I don't know. I wonder if, like, when you're on the plane, do they like scream out? You know, it's, it's 1985. Tom- <laughs> it's tomorrow. <laughs> One point twenty-one gigawatts. Great All right, Scott. come on. Let's let's get back, back on point. On here. We're having, I, I'm telling you, I'm charged up this week. I, I had such a great week. Um, just building towards great things. We're having so much fun. Uh, BMW Ladies Championship. He Jong Lim minus eleven. Na Rin An minus eleven. America's own Danielle Kang minus ten. Birdie fest over there after two rounds. Um, that's the good news. The bad news: Jin Young Ko tied Annika's record from 2005, 14 straight rounds in the 60s. First round 71. Hmm. And I think she was pissed because she came back with a 64 <laughs> in the second round. And she's, she's two off the lead. New Jersey's own Marina Alex tied for 15th at minus five. Let's shift down southward to Japan and the Zozo Championship and Jepeki, uh, the Jepeki's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just strike that. Reverse it, right? <laughs> Uh, Japan's own Hideki Matsuyama leading the way at eight under. You'll remember this was the event. The last time they were there, 2019, is when Tiger won and tied Sam Snead with his 82nd win. So there's a lot of history at this place. He won that one at 19 under. And I guess Hideki's kind of on pace for that. Cameron Tringali, Matt Wallace, Brendan Steele. What are my picks this week? Mm -hmm. Just saying. Just saying. Right. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, another pick. Tommy Fleetwood and all of his great Vidal Sassoon flow. Um, He's up there on the leaderboard as well. The big names. This is a very top-heavy field. Uh, Only 78 players. But uh, Morikawa, 20th. He's at minus one. Fowler's back in the mix again. He's at plus one. Xander, Zalatoris, they're there. Um, I guess Xander's maybe on the gold medal tour. He is plus four. And... uh, Tied for 58th in a 78-player field. Not so great. Mm-mm. But uh, you know what is great? And one of the things I want to bring up, and this is this is really important to me, because golf is hard. And I've said this a million times over the last four years on this show and any other show where someone will put me on and let me talk. And that is is that I love, man, I love me some, some Rory McIlroy. And he wins this past weekend, which is a fantastic story for golf. But if, the last time we saw Rory McIlroy, he was crying in an interview with Sky Sports after the completion of the Ryder Cup or, you know, after the completion of his singles match. But, you know, it was all but over. Right. And he was very disappointed in himself. And he now wins. He shoots 25 under out in the desert. And he seems to have found himself. And I joked in the opening that, you know, it seems like Roy McIlroy went to Vegas to find himself, whereas most people go to Vegas to try to lose themselves. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. I once spent the night in Vegas one weekend, you know, that sort of thing. So he's getting interviewed afterwards and he starts to talk about, you know, they said, well, the last time we talked to you, you you were very emotional. You know, what have you been doing for the last couple of weeks? You know, have you been practicing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And he comes back with this. He goes, yeah, there was a lot of reflection the last couple of weeks. And this is what I need to do. I just need to play golf. I need to simplify it. I need to just be me. I think for the last few months, I was maybe trying to be someone else to try to get better. And I sort of realized that being me is enough. And being me, I can do things like this. Interesting. I'll tell you one thing's for sure. Rory being Rory is a good thing. You know, and I wish I wish everyone that's out there listening would share his sentiment. And when you look in the mirror in the morning, you would know that being me, being Wade, being Keith, being whoever you are is the best person in the world. You know, I, I, I feel very strongly about that. 
Golf's a very golf can be a very internally challenging game. Sure. You know, very humbling. And much like social media, it's quick to point out your shortcomings. Yep. But I tell you what, I, I think we all should let those words from Rory resonate. And uh, I feel very strongly about that. And there's another thing I feel very strongly about. And that's our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA. That section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about their programs and special events, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. We got a lot to cover with Ryan Ballingy from the Golf News Net. So we're going to jump to him quickly. It's 3.15 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a couple. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, he says I'm going to win big. Choose not the life of imitation. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals, so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. The Golf News Net was born nearly 20 years ago. A macro idea started by our guest, Ryan Ballingy, a visionary golf leader who has continued to evolve his platform. There's a famous saying, if you build it, they will come. Well, about a million people do a month to his golf news page. Let's see if we can find out what this super storyteller is up to next. I love it. It's one of those fantastic Friday afternoons, and we have a fabulous guest. Ryan Ballingy, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? Great, Keith. How are you doing? Oh, man. Any better, I'd be twins. That's for sure. I love jumping into these interviews real quick. Now, I, as I get to know you, you are one of the busiest men in all of golf. So what are you up to this afternoon? Well, 
That's a great question. I'll be making uh, phone calls and typing, and uh, maybe I can sneak away for 30 minutes and go hit some golf balls. But uh, try to try to have a little balance to life, right? Uh, try to work and play. Uh, we do work in golf after all. You know, I do some of my best thinking on the range. What do you think about that? I do too. I, and I used to be, when I grew up playing golf, when I first started learning to play golf, I, I didn't have a lot of ton of golf course access. So I, I spent a lot of time hitting golf balls and that was kind of how I got better. But the older I've gotten, the less I practice. And the, when I practice, it's more to get away from everything. It's just to spend some time thinking about something. Sometimes this wood I'm actually doing what I'm doing wrong with the golf course. But a lot of time it's just quiet time to myself. There's definitely a lot of good things that happen in, in my brain when I'm on the range. You know, you brought it up. Let's go with that origin story. How did you get? I mean, it seems like you have had a very successful career in and around storytelling in, in sports and in golf. But how did you get started in golf? Well, the short story is I wanted to be a journalist and I went to the University of Maryland and agreed to uh, admitted to their golf or not their golf, so their journalism program. And the first day of journalism, 100 the dean of the journalism school was teaching the class in this lecture hall of let's say two, 300 people. And he said, you can expect to make between 14 and $41,000 your first year out of school. And I believe the minimum wage at the time was $5 and 15 cents. And that wasn't that different than what I was getting on the low end based on the dean's projections. Uh, I never went back to journalism 100. I got a business degree. I got a master's degree in public policy, but all that time I had started even before there was such a thing as an iPod, a podcast called the 19th Hole Golf Show. I wanted to talk about golf. I love talking about golf. And I really enjoyed having those kinds of conversations. And over the years, that transformed into broadcasting the podcast that became fairly popular because there weren't as many at the time. Um, writing for the precursor to kind of blogs, which are called fan sites, and just kind of expanded my portfolio. I was able to cover tournaments for some reason tournaments granted me credentials when I applied for them and all, all over all this time kind of built up experience. And then NBC came calling in 2010, asked if I would be interested in covering the Ryder cup for them as a bit of a tryout and everything worked out well. Uh, I quit my day job right after the Ryder cup. I became NBC's first golf blogger in 2010. And then there's been a bunch of up and downs since then, but this is the fifth year of me running golf news net as, as my own baby. And, uh, it's been a really incredible journey all this time. All right. So give my listeners a little background. What is Golf News Net? Golf News Net is meant to be kind of a comprehensive place to provide golf fans, golfers with the information that they need about the game. Uh, not necessarily a whole lot of fluff around it, but giving them answers to the things they want to know every week about professional golf, what's happening in, in the equipment world. We have a, a travel spinoff site called Golf Trip X, which is in a similar vein. And my entire goal is to provide people with quick and easy information that they don't have to search hard to find. And hopefully, and I feel like that has over the course of our, our history, built up a, a loyal audience of people who know when they need to find out something, they can come to us for that answer. Yeah, I love the tag tagline that you guys have on the website. Everything you need to know about golf 
I mean, it's such it's such a wide spectrum of information. And then when you go there, it's kind of like reading USA Today. Everything is like in such a format that you can find it quickly. And there's lots of lists and bullet points and things. And it's just information. There's not a lot of fluff. I think it's pretty cool. In my mind, that's kind of what sets you apart from other golf media platforms. But I'd love to hear, you know, as the owner, what, what do you feel like really sets like why, why should my golf listeners go to your website versus another? What sets you guys apart? I think that is one key part of it that I, but the, the big piece I think is my personal philosophy in running the site is that I'm, I'm a golfer and I'm a golf fan too. So I write content based on the perspective of a golfer or a golf fan and what they might want to know. I try to think about them in almost everything that I write is, is this relevant to their time and interest? Is it something that a golfer would want to talk about with a fellow golfer? Um, it, it, that kind of makes it really easy to kind of guide the conversation of the stuff that we do, because then you can kind of take all the fluff that may or may not attract audience, but isn't necessarily the most valuable to what we're trying to do at, at golf news net every day. And it makes it pretty easy to distill the content mix down to just the stuff that I think, again, kind of fulfills that mission, what you need to know about golf. You know, golfers, we're all kind of rapid, rapidly evolving. You know, it's 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 an interesting thing. And, and it happens to be the speed of it is like almost exponential. And you have to keep up with all of that. Kind of give us an idea. I'm interested in like where you were five years ago and how much things have changed to where you are now. I would say the biggest change in those five years is maybe the pace at which we put out information, the pace at which we post stuff to Golf News Net. I mean, those first two or three years, it was a pretty frantic pace of just creating content, trying to find that addressable market of what's not being discussed, what answers to questions can golf fans not find easily with good authority behind it, uh, those types of things. And we were trying to kind of check off that list as quickly as humanly possible. And once that started to bear fruit, I think it was kind of easy to step back and say, okay, we've accomplished the kind of base part of the mission. Now what do we do? Now we can kind of go into things that are a little bit, maybe not as strict to the mission of providing people information about what they're interested in in golf, but not necessarily just in writing, whether that's in podcast form, whether that's some other audio delivery, whether that's over video. Um, we've created apps for your OTT, your connected t- TVs, so or your, your Apple TV, your, your Roku box, stuff like that, and, and kind of started to expand out what the the purview of golf news net is with the idea that if you can be a bit of a first mover, if you can do something before somebody else or zig when someone zags, that you might be able to create a competitive advantage. And frankly, an environment where um, what I would consider my peers or, or competition are better financed are better equipped. They have bigger teams, they have a longer history. So trying to find differentiation point has always been at the heart of what we've been trying to do. And I, I think those pieces have been uh, not instrumental yet, but they will be in the long haul. Folks, we're being joined this afternoon with Ryan Ballinger, and he's the owner of the Golf News Net, a golf media platform, uh, which is everything you need to know about golf. You talked about it right there. You touched upon it. The modern golfer and what they're interested in. Now, you have over a million people a month coming to your website, so you're able to solicit a lot of feedback. What is the modern golfer interested in, you think? I've always tried to differentiate between the modern golfer, the golf person, the 30 million, whatever the number of NGF 
estimated golfers is in this country right now versus the maybe three, four million people who are dedicated professional golf fans. And, and admittedly, for a lot of Golf News Net's history, we've spoken to professional golf fans because that's been kind of my journalism content creation background. And I think what they want more than anything is something that doesn't insult their intelligence, but gets them what they want to know in a relatively quick period of time so they can move on to the next thing that they're interested in. I think the reality is we have a lot of things that can pull our attention in different directions. And that's a beauty of where we are in the modern world of content creation and consumption. It's also a curse because you know you only have a limited amount of time to capture someone's attention and to give them the satisfaction they need to get them to come back. And so that's kind of what I've, I think that's kind of been the biggest change over the course of the five years that I've been running GNN full time is that the, the way we consume content has dramatically shifted from people sitting behind a desk at their job at work on weekdays, trying to find out what's going on in the golf world on their their laptop or their desktop computer to obviously through the pandemic and still now so many people are working from home or they spend most of their time consuming content on a mobile device. And you have to tailor that experience to a smaller device in the reality that you only have them for a very brief period of time. And if you can keep them for that brief period of time happy, then they're likely to come back the next time. You know, Ryan, you have this amazing macro view of things, and I'm so glad that you brought it to golf because we need visionaries like you. But before you just mentioned and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said you have your master's in public policy, correct? I do. Yeah. All right. right. So you're a Terrapin. You have your master's in public policy. Was there a mentor or someone along the way that took you from public policy towards what you're doing today, kind of combining technology and golf storytelling? I don't know that there's necessarily a singular person, but I feel like there were influences. I mean, the reason I ever started broadcasting about golf was because a friend of mine, his name Scott Wazalewski, uh, he did a precursor to podcasts about hockey, and he was doing it for uh, a company called then called no longer called it, but called BroadcastMonsters.com, and they were they were well ahead of the curve. They were broadcasting D1, D2, D3 college sports. In through someone's basement with telephone hookups. It was an amazing setup, but they used to do live sports talk. And I really liked what Scott was doing and, and asked if I could do golf. And they said, sure. They added me a mic and I was sitting in a basement and my mom and dad were listening. And that kind of started me on this path. But so many people were instrumental to that because they said, yes, they were willing to either give me a credential or talk to me for 15 minutes on the show or provide me with some kind of networking opportunity that didn't exist. I, I don't I, I don't necessarily think that it was one person, but a culmination of a lot of things that get you to certain places. People who are just willing to take a chance on somebody uh, who has an idea and, and has a not necessarily even a complete vision, but an idea of what they want to do. But I, I think probably the most instrumental person in pushing me toward from where I was in public policy slash IT and technology to golf media uh, it was a guy named Jim Paul Caro, and he was my CTO at the nonprofit that I worked for for a handful of years when I got out of graduate school. And he was actually leaving his position uh, to move on to another uh, career choice in life. And at the, the kind of goodbye party we had for him, he, he knew my aspirations. 
uh, and he came up to me and said, you got to get out of here. You got to go do what you love. Go find a way to make that happen. And I, I think that was really the encouragement I needed because from his CTO role, he needed me to be a good employee, but as a human being, he knew what I really wanted to accomplish and that I, I shouldn't have just swallowed that and kind of just hoped for the best. And I think that's always kind of stuck with me is that if you want to go do something, you've got to find a way to go do it. And being on kind of this side of it now, I think there's a responsibility to try to provide those opportunities when I can, because I think that there's always going to be a next person who has that goal or vision. And, and if you can kind of pay it forward, maybe a cheesy phrase, but try to do that in the same way that people did for me. I, I think that's, that's important. Find a way to do it. You've got to go find a way to do it. You know, there's so many people out there that come up with great ideas, but they don't ever, you know, get to bring them to fruition. And one of the things I think is interesting about you and why I wanted to bring you on the show is that put the golf aside for a second, right? What is the process that allows you or that drives you to take things from the whiteboard to reality? Because you do it and you've done it time and time again. I mean, you were doing a podcast before people knew what a pod was even. So, you know, this part of... I guess your character, your personality really interests me. And I think it would be cool for my listeners because they all have ideas, but how can you inspire them to get them off the whiteboard and into real life? I mean, I think you have to kind of not be afraid to fail because what's the worst that happens. And that's kind of a phrase I say a lot. What's the worst that happens? We lose, we fail, it goes wrong. Um, and a lot of decisions that we make, they're, they're not life and death. They're not, completely life-defining. They don't alter the course of your day-to-day. And, and so for, I was fortunate to have a job where I could work day-to-day, make decent money, and then pursue this at night. And I was willing to put in the extra time when I had it available, even including during the day, to kind of inching toward this goal, inching toward this vision that I had. Um, I, I guess I could have gone out in the world and, and tried to find ways to raise money and build this thing much more quickly, but I, I didn't have that kind of network. I didn't have that kind of uh, availability. Cash wasn't going to be easy to find. So everything was going to have to be bootstrapped. And I think knowing that and knowing that you're going to have to come up with something different to capture people's attention, those, I mean, those are the things that drive me is thinking of something different before someone else and just trying it. You can always get bigger. You can start big and get much smaller if you fail. But if you start small and figure it out, you can grow, you can improve your skill set, you can learn from people, you can connect with others, and you can kind of build that tent, you can kind of build your your dream a little bit, and then it can come to fruition. And I, I think so many people try to think about these big goals that they have for themselves as they, they can do it all at once instead of something that truly does take a lot of a lot of time. And I, I there's always this graphic I come back to, and it's really cheesy from like Facebook that I see every once in a while. And it's kind of this picture of an iceberg and the part of the iceberg is out of the water. And then the part that is underneath is much larger. And what people see is what's out of the water, the end product as it happens, what goes, but the bottom of it is all of the work that you put into it, all the time, sweat, networking, idea, making, failing, all that stuff that goes into it, that the underwater stuff is the part that I love is the, the trying and failing and figuring out and learning and getting a, just an, a little bit better each time and incremental growth. That's what I, I think motivates me most. And I, I think a lot of people tend to think about the top before realizing they got to go through the bottom. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us and my audience. And I can assure you of something, Ryan, you are far from failing. There's no doubt about that. And uh, you know what? Uh, real quickly, though, we need to get some more entrepreneurial insights from you. But I got to take a quick break. Can you hold tight for just a second? Absolutely. All right, folks. Up next, more with the Golf News Nets, Ryan Ballingy. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. See you in a few. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Today's interview is brought to you by Summit Golf Brands. Golf's coolest company offers everything you need to look great while you play your best. As the weather starts to turn, you have to be prepared for on and off the course. Take a look at the award-winning zero-restriction line of active and outerwear. Yes, ladies, they offer yoga pants and city windbreakers. The Urban Wind Jacket will have your friends asking where you got it. Guys, if you want that cool off-the-course look on the links, try the new Champ Hoodie. It's a hybrid wind jacket with ultra-soft sleeves and lining. You can immediately tell Summit believes in creating products that people really want. Right now, Zero Restriction is offering an exclusive 25% off discount with code STUART25! So run, don't walk to that computer, and head to ZeroRestriction.com for all your cool golf and lifestyle gear needs. you got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Ryan Ballingy. You know you're listening to Jersey's ESPN 920. Oh, the 80s alt-rock is synthesizing the show this afternoon. 1985 never sounded so good, Wade. It's the weekend. Give us all what you need. You know, music is an amazing vehicle. Where will it take us today? Well, wherever it takes you this weekend, enjoy it. Well, our destination, our next destination this afternoon, for sure, is the back nine of our conversation with Ryan. You having some fun on the pro show this afternoon, my friend? I'm having a great time. All right. Well, let's get back into this conversation, because I, like I said before, I love your entrepreneurial insights. And it's just been such a crazy year for stories in all of golf. And, you know, you're kind of bringing all of these together, like in a funnel with Golf Newsnet. Right. Um, when you look back, what was one of your favorite stories of the, all these crazy ones that we've you know all witnessed and lived through in 2021? Um, which one did you enjoy the most, or what are some of the ones that you've enjoyed the most? I think a couple of different ones connect to me. One, one being a Decky Metsiava winning the Masters. I think that we often kind of just get so consumed about something happening, you know, the big tournaments happening and the history behind it and the, the shot for shot and the entertainment value of it. But that's a big win. That, that means a lot. Um, 
for Hideki Matsuyama to have won the Masters. And the, I mean, the photo, the image of the year of me is Matsuyama's caddy bowing toward the sunset as he's taken the flag away. From totally. The win. Totally. Uh, I mean, that that's something that's going to stick with me for a long time. And I thought that was probably the coolest moment of the year. But other than that, I mean, I think Jordan Spieth getting off the schneid, uh, I mean, he, he hadn't won since the 2017 Open Championship. And to, to get it done again, to be a winner again, and frankly, to do it in true Jordan Spieth fashion of kind of making you worry that it's not going to happen until the very last putt uh, was really captivating. And to kind of see that journey that he's been on, still winning the PGA Championship, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, incredible that what he did. And I, I don't know that we even fully appreciate it yet. Uh, it's going to take some time. But that he also did it against Brooks Kepka, the kind of major killer of this part of of golf right now, uh, I think makes it even stand out more and, and will over time. And then, of course, the Ryder Cup. Um, Ryder Cup was, I think, a transformational one. I think it, it means something different to the series now, what happened at Whistling Straight. So, we've, I mean, we've got so many good moments this year. All right. I got a couple I want to get your reaction to as a, as a golf journalist, and you cover so much of this. First one is an American woman becoming the number one player in the world again and winning a gold medal and a major. Talk to me about how you feel about Nelly Korda. In that story it's pretty incredible especially as we're thinking about uh, the 200th ever korean-born lpga win potentially coming this weekend on the lpga tour and americans have struggled as a collective group i mean they, they struggled in the solheim cup they have struggled individually uh, they kind of plant a flag in the ground and take charge on the lpga uh, circuit and nelly corda has come up at a young age has a great power game, just has a great all-around game, and seems pretty fearless about what she has to face on a week-in, week-out basis from competition from any part of the world. And I love that she's well-traveled. I love that she's got a lot of energy about what, what she's trying to accomplish. She's got goals. Being number one is one of them, but she's got a lot more than that in the tank, I think. And it's pretty invigorating to see. And it's also pretty cool that she has her sister Jessica there, as kind of an influence, a forebear, so to speak, of, hey, here's what I've gone through in my, what I would also term a successful career, and here may be some of the pitfalls. And I think if you talk to a lot of pro golfers, and there was an interesting piece in Golf Digest about kind of mental health of pro golfers uh, this week, the, the notion that you need kind of, you need something to take you away from the grind, the difficulty, the loneliness of day-to-day professional golf and having a sibling and they, they travel together most of the time, I think is really instrumental to having that kind of success. You talk about fearlessness there, and I'm going to go with a little bit of an um, almost a human interest story for another one I want to get your reaction to. And that's the J.R. Smith story. Uh, we love his story here. I think it's one of the best stories in all of sports for the year. And I cover it week in and week out. And it, it, it you know, it culminated or, you know, it, it kind of hit a crescendo last week when you talk about him playing in his first collegiate tournament after winning two NBA titles. But I mean, how great is this story in golf? I love it. I, I love that. I mean, I love second acts. I love, obviously, personally, uh, selfishly, I love stories of people who decide they want to do something and then they figure out a way to do it. And obviously J.R. Smith comes at it from a little bit different position than the average human being, <laughs> being an NBA champion. But, but he decided he wanted to get a degree and he wanted to play college golf and he was going to do those things. And he made it happen. How can you not celebrate that? How can you not love that? Uh, and I, I, 
fully support what he's doing with A&T. I hope that he continues to play great golf and continues to figure out what it's like, this collegiate experience that he's, he's going through. And it's going to bring attention to college golf in a really positive way because this is, this is something that he didn't have to do. He could have just gone and played country club golf or done whatever he wanted to do in the game in private, and none of us would have had to have find out, found out about it. But instead, because he wanted to do it this specific way, it brings attention to something that is getting more attention more broadly, and hopefully he can amplify it even more. Well, there's a reason why we find out about it. And one of those main reasons is guys like yourself and folks, we're talking to Ryan Ballingy this afternoon. He is the creator, developer, the mastermind behind the Golf News Net. And, you know, part of all of that is that you do a prolific amount of writing. You know, and so many people say, you know, newspapers are going away. But in a digital sense, people are writing more than ever. And I mean, I, I love your writing and I love the way that you are able to succinctly, you know, uh, put together stories and not not create a lot of fluff, not a lot of disclaimers, this, that, and the other thing. You are who you are and you put it on paper. And I really enjoy um, that style of presentation. So, you know, there's probably some writers out here listening and I want them to know because I love to write too, that it's not a dying art. So what do you love most about writing and what kind of advice would you give those writers? I think I... This is a little bit different than maybe other writers, but I love taking complicated ideas and making them accessible. I love taking complicated subjects and making them easier to understand. That's probably because that's how my brain works. I like trying to take big, tough ideas, kind of creating threads of commonality between them and trying to understand what the what the core of the matter is. And again, that kind of goes to why Golf News Net is what it is. But I think for a lot of writers, they really want to enjoy telling stories. And I think the most important thing that you can do as a writer is to practice it, whether that's like, like this, a conversation, whether that's writing, but it's, it's practice. Uh, I, when I worked at Golf Channel, um, I was not as good as a writer as I am now. And that was because I was an unfinished product who hadn't had enough experience to know what he didn't know. And fortunately, I had a great editor and a gentleman named Al Taze, who's no longer, who hasn't been with them for a while, but we still keep in touch. And he was firm on me. He was difficult ab- about what I was producing and because he knew it could be better. He knew I could accomplish more. And I, I think having someone who can read and offer critical but helpful thoughts about your work is really important because they're, having a great editor isn't about trying to take what you've written in tear it down into something different. It's about trying to make it better because you have that special audience of someone who can kind of see what you're trying to do and where it can go. So I think just more than anything else, it's practice. It's practice, practice, practice until you feel like you've got a voice until you feel like you have a style that you can transport to different subjects and different topics. And then it's just having someone to bounce it off of. And I know it's not easy to always find someone like that, but even having an honest voice goes a long way. Well, Ryan, let's, let's take that advice and put it into practice here. What are you most looking forward to writing about? Let's say in 2022. It's a really good question. Um, You know, I always kind of get look, look forward to 
the majors, obviously, they're they're pretty easy. But selfishly, we've got golf here in the D.C. area that I'm looking forward to next year. We've got the Women's PGA Championship at Congressional, which should be a great tournament. Congressional has the blue course has undergone a tremendous restoration with Andrew Green. Can't wait to see it and tell people about it and talk about it more. And it's going to be a great tournament as well. So two great storylines there. We'll also get the Wells Fargo Championship here for the PGA Tour. It's going to be at TPC Avenel Farms uh, in Potomac, Maryland. It's typically in Charlotte, as many people know. But this year, with the President's Cup being rescheduled due to the pandemic, everything pushed forward a year. We're going to be able to host it here. We're supposed to host it in calendar 21, but we'll do it in 22 instead. So great to have the PGA Tour here. Uh, just kind of as someone who's somewhat of an advocate for getting more professional golf here in, in the DMV, as we call it, uh, I would love to be this to be a kind of exhibition for people, uh, whether it's on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, what have you, but to get a, a regular event back here, uh, frankly, in a date that works a little bit better for this region. So selfishly, I'm thinking about DMV golf this year as a, an opportunity to really shine on a national stage. Well, there's no doubt that is a wonderful opportunity. And I have this great opportunity this afternoon to talk to you there, Mr. Ryan Ballinger, the owner of Golf News Net. Now, tell everybody where they can find you, websites, social. Give me the handles. Sure. So pretty much every social media service, our handle is Golf News Net. If you want to follow the Golf News Net specific account. Uh, and then on pretty much every social media service, my name, Ryan Ballinger, R-Y-A-N-B-A-L-L-E-N-G-E-E. That's how you can find me uh, most frequently on Twitter, not so much everywhere else. So if you're into Twitter, that's where I am. And then the website is thegolfnewsnet.com, or we also have the other domain that you can just drop the and just do golfnewsnet.com. Either way, I'll get you there. Check it out, folks, because you're going to learn a lot about golf that you might not have always come across on some of the other mainstream websites. I, I think it's a pretty cool place, and that's why I wanted to have Ryan on this afternoon. And one other reason that I wanted to have Ryan on this afternoon is our paths crossed just a couple of weeks ago, and we met, is that I wanted to get to know him just a little bit better, and I know my audience does too. So we got to take him through a little tradition this afternoon known as Rapid Fire Q&A. We do it every week to our guests. Are you up for this, Ryan? Ready to roll. Favorite Maryland athlete all time? Cal Ripken Jr. Ooh. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your wardrobe. 8, although my wife would probably say (laughs) 6. So a 6. Describe Golf (laughs) Newsnet in one word. Huh. Accurate. Name a guilty pleasure you have. European darts. I, I watch a lot of professional darts in Europe, and it, I, I, it makes my morning much brighter. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your dart play. Is it Ted Lasso-esque? <laughs> no. I mean, I, 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 I don't put as much attention to it as I do my golf game, although sometimes I kind of go through these spurts where I, re- I start to figure it out, and it, it, I feel like my old self when I was learning to play golf. I figure it out, go away for a few days, come back, and have completely forgotten it. Give me one athlete you would put on Mount Rushmore. Michael Jordan. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? Grammy, for sure. All right, so that begs the question. If you could be a member of any band or, or group all time, who would you choose? 
That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I have so many. I like so many different pieces of music. I almost would want to be like the quantum leap guy and just be able to jump from band to band. But I feel like I probably would have loved being an ACDC in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Good one. All right. What was your first job as a kid? I worked at a driving range. I picked the range. One more. Finish this sentence. 2021 was a great year for. It's a great year for golf. I, mean, I, I, I think that the sport is in one of the healthiest places it's been since I've worked professionally in the sport, if not the healthiest place. So I'm hopeful that uh, 2022 looks anywhere near as good as 2021 has been. Folks, that's why he's one of golf's great storytellers. Ryan Ballingy, I can't thank you enough for the time today. Uh, you were awesome, man. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You know it, everybody. We are fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with, of course, our weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. The Friday afternoon fun never ends on the pro show because as you know, one thing always leads to another. I'll get to posting the show tonight. You can find it and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You know, Wade, it was a uh, lucrative week at the CJ Cup for those who follow me on Twitter. So if you're not following me there yet, uh, I jump on that at KJ Stewart DOF. You know where else you can jump on is uh, 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Hit that listen now button. But you know what? Let's listen to this now. Go for it. Great theme of music this afternoon. On the board, my friend. I love it. Taking me back to the 80s. That was some good stuff there. And you know who else has some good stuff? That's our friends at TaylorMade. And they've been introducing the all-new P790 irons. An iron is more than metal. It is a result of countless hours of research, testing, and player feedback. Heck, forget this read. Rory McIlroy shot 25 under. 
after two rounds, after the first round, he was 14 shots behind the leader. And in the last three rounds, he went and he took that tournament by storm out in Vegas. You want to play golf like Rory McIlroy? You want the opportunity to play golf like Rory McIlroy? Go get fit for the all-new P790 irons and discover the player they'll push you to become. Check them out, and to find a fitter near you, you got to go to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Lee Jansen sets the world on fire. Well, they were down in Cary, North Carolina, and that's the PGA Tour champions. Lee Jansen made a 20-foot birdie putt on the first hole of a playoff against Miguel Angel Jimenez on Sunday to win the SAS Championship. Jansen also birdied the par 4 18th in regulation, closing with a 5-under 67 in the regular season finale. The two-time U.S. Open champion, he also won back in 2015 on the Champions Tour. Jimenez finished with a 69 to match Jansen at 12-under. Things didn't work out for him in the playoff. Now, although that's a great win for Jansen, the golf world was all fired up on Sunday when his sudden-death playoff cut 40 minutes into the final round of the PGA Tour event. The CJ Cup final round pitted Rory McIlroy versus a resurgent Ricky Fowler and superstar Colin Marikawa, making a huge charge en route to firing 62. In a time window that competed with the Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots, that overtime game, the Golf Channel showed Jansen versus Jimenez when they had the best fall lineup imaginable at the CJ Cup on Sunday. In a related story, uh, Rory finds himself in Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Rory McIlroy capped off a big weekend in Las Vegas on Sunday by surging past Ricky Fowler and holding off Colin Morikawa to win the CJ Cup at Summit for his 20th PGA Tour title. McElroy seized control with a 35-foot eagle putt mm-hmm. from just off the green on the par 5 14th and then playing mistake-free down the stretch for a 6-under 66 and a one-shot victory. McElroy is a 39th player to win at least 20 times on the PGA Tour, and it's his fifth straight PGA Tour season with at least one win. Fowler, who started the final round with a two-shot lead as he tried to end nearly three years without a victory, faded with a pair of three putts and shot 71 to tie for third. The real threat came from Morikawa, a member at the Summit Club. I guess that helps. Local knowledge, right? Sure. He shot 29 on the front to get in the mix and closed with an eagle for a 62 that nobody saw because we were watching Lee Jansen. (laughs) (laughs) That forced McElroy to play mistake-free and his big eagle putt helped seal the deal. He went into the weekend nine shots out of the lead, made up plenty of ground with a 62 on Saturday, and then pulled away by taking advantage of the scoring holes. Well, that's four weeks there, Mr. Wade Weezer, and four name winners on the PGA Tour this season. With a top-heavy field in Japan this week, you know, I think that trend just might continue. A rose by any other name. Rose Zhang is one of the most decorated amateur players in the world, but when it comes to decorating, she prefers to keep things simple. That's why the star freshman's dorm room at Stanford is painted white and beige with nothing on the walls. Boring. She says, I like plain, very clean areas. That's what Rose said. Uh, I was just excited to have my own living space. 
Well, there's plenty of room for what's already a growing collection of college trophies. In two college starts, Zhang has won twice. While also leading her team to victories at last week's fall opener, the Molly Intercollegiate in Monterey, California, and then again Tuesday at the Windy City Collegiate in Chicago. I guess I'm going to have to pick a spot, Zhang said. I do have some shelves that should work. <laughs> That's some good thinking ahead. Sure, right? plan ahead. Yep. Zhang's the top-ranked woman's amateur in the world, and she entered college as arguably the sport's biggest recruit ever, having already won a U.S. women's amateur, a U.S. girls junior, and also having success at a handful of LPGA majors. In other words, college golf wasn't expected to be much of a transition for the generational talent, and it certainly hasn't been. Well, let's try to put this Shakespearean start into perspective. Phil won three tournaments as a freshman, but didn't win his first until his ninth start. He did have 16 total in four years and one PGA Tour win in college. Now, Tiger, he had 11 wins in three years, eight his senior year, but only two as a freshman, and they weren't his first two. Now, Lorena Ochoa maybe kind of approaches this. In her sophomore year, she won the first seven tournaments she played and eight out of 10 that season. So, Rose, the bar is set pretty high. But it seems you may already be above it. She's got her own bar. And uh, it's open. (laughs) My favorite kind. All right. Like father, like daughter. Last year's PNC championship was highlighted by Tiger Woods playing with son Charlie. This year, we have another story to tell. And the rookie duo will be number one in the world, Nellie Korda, and her father, Peter. Nellie Korda, a major champion and Olympic gold medalist, will compete alongside her Grand Slam winning dad on the tennis court. He, you know, he won the 1998 Australian Open in this limited field event. I'm helping daddy. I'm obviously excited to play alongside so many legends of golf. But if I'm honest, what excites me even more will be having my dad playing alongside me. That's what Nellie Korda said in the tournament press release. After all these years of watching him and supporting us kids from the sidelines in both golf and tennis, it is going to be so much fun to be in a team competing together. Well, we're going to find out about it December 18th and 19th at at Ritz-Carlton Golf Club in Orlando, covered by NBC Sports. You know, with the amazing growth of family golf, I really love how much this event has taken off in the past couple of years there, Mr. Wade. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I bet Peter is hitting the range already, getting ready. Sure. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) With two daughters on the LPGA Tour and a son on the ATP Tour, he certainly will be facing high expectations. And we have to get to this, of course. It is the weekly J.R. Smith update. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When he's Let's start it with this tweet. Four A's and a B. That's my man, J.R. Yeah, he's wow. getting it done. How about this one? One of his teammates playing in the next collegiate tournament was interviewed by the Golf Channel. What's his name? I don't know, but he's a teammate of J.R. Smith, right? The coverage is great. Uh, The other day he was tweeting uh, out to Justin Rose and Justin Rose replied. He's like, great swing, man. Looking good, J.R. He said, thanks, J.R. I love the symmetry. Well, guess what? Over on Reacts this week at Stick and Hack on Monday, I went on a little bit of a... uh, a JR supportive rant. Good. You know, I think this is definitely one of the best stories, not just in golf, but in all of sports. And when the folks there, the media team there, put it out there on social media, guess what? JR must have liked my little uh, pontification because uh, he gave us a little retweet. And, uh, the, you know, I mean, I don't know. He's got 800,000 awesome. followers. That's I mean, really there's like cool. tens of thousands of people that are looking at this thing. So cool. And uh, I, I'm just happy that he's happy because um, a happy JR keeps us all not only entertained but motivated and moving forward and uh i love it jr keep doing what you're doing man we're 100 behind you here at the pro show 
And that is, of course, your update for the week ending October 22nd, 2021. Thanks, of course, to our sponsors. Well, when it comes to the weekly update, you know it's TaylorMade Golf, the New Jersey Golf Foundation, and our interview sponsor, Summit Golf Brands. Next week on the Pro Show, we have Scott Fawcett, the guy behind Decade Golf. This is one of the most innovative coaches in the game. And I can't wait to talk to him and I can't wait to bring his insights to you, my listeners. And you know who's going to help me do it? It's going to be my man, Wade Weezer, my partner in crime here. So folks, I do these things and I bring these people on like a Ryan Ballinger, like a Scott Fawcett, because these are the coolest people in golf and you are the coolest listeners in golf. So before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being out of your element. Believe it or not, when it comes to being comfortable, you're the only one who knows. Embrace the moment outwardly and others will feel you belong. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.